0: You've always had what it takes to make it happen, and we know the right tools can make it easier. At Strayer University, we're always thinking about new ways to set you up for success. That's why we give you a brand new laptop when you enroll in a bachelor's program, so you can start off on the right foot and keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Eligibility rules, restrictions, and exclusions apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by chef.
1: This jiggly dessert has adorned holiday tables across the United Kingdom. Originally from Italy, it has made an appearance in such writings as Poldark and the books of Harry Potter. It's now more commonly purchased in packet form with traditional flavors of vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate, but was originally made from poultry and almonds. We're exploring the history and origins of this creamy, gelatinous dessert, Blanc Mange. I'm your host, Glenn Warren, and welcome to another serving of Seasons Eatings, the podcast which explores the history and origins of your favorite Christmas foods. This is the beginning of our third season, and I couldn't be happier. Little did I know that three years ago in the midst of a pandemic, that this podcast would still be going for this long. Thank you to all the listeners and subscribers to the podcast. I really couldn't have done it all without you. As ever, Seasons Eatings can be found wherever you download your favorite podcast. Seasons Eatings is also found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you love the show, then I humbly ask you to share this podcast with someone you think would love to hear more about the history of Christmas and the foods which shape the holiday we love so much. If you want to give me suggestions for future episodes, just email me at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com. All the links can be found in the show notes at seasonseatingspodcast.com. A little while ago, I talked with Ricky from the Sleigh Bells and Mistletoe podcast to wax nostalgic about Jell-O and its impact on Christmas when I was younger. You can find our conversation along with many other Christmas podcasts at christmaspodcast.com. That got me exploring other gelatinous desserts, and this dessert has been the bane of many a British child's Christmas for years. Not to be confused with the 1980s new wave band, Blanc Mange is a sweet dessert commonly made with milk or cream and sugar, thickened with gelatin, cornstarch, or Irish moss, and often flavoured with almonds. It's usually set in a mould and served cold. Although traditionally white, Blanc Mange are frequently given a pink colour as well. Some similar desserts are Bavarian cream, vanilla pudding, panna cotta, and hopia. Food and drink played important roles in Christmas celebrations during the Middle Ages. It is recorded in 1326 in Siena, Italy. Messere Sozzo Bandolini assembled a court to celebrate his son Francesco's accession to knighthood on Christmas Day. Festivities were to last a whole week, with tournaments, exchanges of gifts, and of course, banquets filled with all the best food. 600 guests on Christmas Day were served blanc mange, followed by candied pears and sugared almonds. This is all recorded in the the Medieval Kitchen, recipes from France and Italy by Odile Redon at the University of Chicago. The true origin of the blanc-mange is obscure, but it is believed that it was a result of the Arab introduction to rice and almonds in early medieval Europe. However, there is no evidence of any existence of any similar Arab dishes from that period. Though the Arabic mahaibiyah is similar, its origins are uncertain. Several other names for related or similar dishes existed in Europe such as the 13th century Danish Huitmousse, white mush, the Anglo-Norman Blanc d'Isere, a white Syrian dish, the Dutch kalish from Latin kolare, meaning to strain. The oldest recipe found so far is from a copy of a Danish translation of German original by Henrik Hapstrang, who died in 1244, which dates back to the early 13th century at the latest. The German original, in its turn, assumed to have been based on a Latin or Romance vernacular manuscript from the 12th century. In modern French, the word blanc is the adjective for white, and the word manger is the intransitive verb to eat, the word combination that makes little sense today. In Old French, manger was written as manger, M-E-N-G-I-E-R, a noun meaning food or meal, what today we'd probably call a dish, a word combination which makes a little bit more sense. Based on the recipes I've had access to, manger changed to manger sometime between the 15th and 17th centuries. The white dish, from the original French term, blanc manger, was an upper-class dish common to most of Europe during the Middle Ages and early modern period. It occurs in countless variations from recipe collections from all over Europe, and it's mentioned in the prologue to Geoffrey Chaucer's Canterbury Tales, and in an early 15th century cookbook written by the chefs of Richard II, called The Form of Curry. The basic ingredients were milk or almond milk, sugar, and shredded chicken or fish, and often combined with rose water, rice flour, and mixed into a bland stew. Almond milk and fish were used as substitutes for other animal products on fast days. It was often flavored with spices like saffron or cinnamon, and the chicken could be exchanged for various types of fowl like quail or partridge. Spices were often used in recipes of the later Middle Ages since they were considered highly prestigious. The white dish was one of the preparations that can be found in recipe collections all over Europe and one of the truly international dishes of medieval and early modern Europe. This is an excerpt for Blanc Mange from the form of curry circa 1390. Take capons and seep them. Then take them up and take almonds and blanch. Grind them and lay them in the same broth. Cast the milk in a pot. Wash rice and do thereto and let it seep. Then take brawn of capons, tear it small and do thereto. Take white grease sugar and salt and cast therein. Let it seethe. Then mess it forth and flourish with a Nice in confit, read other white, and with almonds fried in oil and serve it forth. And here is another recipe from the fourteenth century. If you wish to make blanc manger, cook the wings and feet of some hens in water. Soak some rice in stock, then cook it over low heat. Finally shred the flesh of the hens and cook with some sugar. On festive occasions and among the upper classes, white dishes were often rendered more festive by various colouring agents. A reddish golden yellow of saffron, the green with various herbs, or sandalwood for russet. In 14th century France, party colouring, the use of two bright contrasting colours on the same plate, was especially popular and was described by Guillaume Tirel, one of the primary authors of the later editions of Le Vendier. The brightly colored white dishes were one of the most common of the early Entremets, edibles that were intended to entertain and delight through a gaudy appearance as much as through flavor. In the medieval Renaissance area, recipes for blanc mange or white dish occur with regularity, these early blancmange recipes were usually made with some types of poached poultry flesh or white fish, such as perch or pike or even lobster, on days when meat was excluded. On flesh days, capons were the preferred type of poultry to use in this recipe, because its meat was not only fatty and very flavorful, but most importantly whiter than other types of meat. Other typical white ingredients used in these early recipes included ground blanched almonds or almond milk and whole rice, rice flour or bread to thicken it. Another important though unusual white ingredient in almost all of these recipes was white sugar. At that time sugar was very expensive and considered to be a status symbol therefore it was used Often as a spice in savory dishes, to reflect status and wealth, this sentiment is bolstered by Bartolomos Sacci in his circa 1475 Italian cookbook, the Onesta Voloptete, which he wrote, "No meat is spoiled by sugar." In addition, other common flavorings in the medieval Renaissance era blancmanges were rosewater orange flower water, wine, verjuice, and spices. White ginger was most popular for obvious reasons, but other colorful spices such as grains of paradise, saffron, cinnamon, mace, cloves were also used. Significantly, one of the most important aspects of these early blanc manges was the practice of cooking it for several hours, stirring constantly until it thickened to the point of gelling. For example, the circa 1545 cookbook, A Proper New Book of Cookery from London, indicates it was cooked long enough to produce a gelatinous mass in its final direction. Put it into a dish till it be cold, and then you may slice it as you like and so serve it. This is an aspect of the dish that remained constant, but methods for achieving the solid nature of the dish changed over time. Service of medieval Renaissance-era blanc-manges was also important. A simple method was to serve it in slices, garnished with a sprinkling of sugar, powdered spices, or fried almond slivers. However, a much more impressive and decorative way was to serve it topped with garnishes designed to contrast with the whiteness of the dish. Usually red pomegranate seeds, red coriander seeds, and red-coloured anise confit. Interestingly, sometimes a portion of the blancmange was coloured yellow with egg yolks and or saffron, and was served alongside the white dish to provide contrast. For example, in 1475, Platina recommended colouring half a blancmange yellow to serve alongside the traditional white version. Another example of this is revealed by Maestro Martino of Como in his circa 1465 cookbook in which he writes, If you have two capons, dress one white and the other yellow. This direction illustrates that Blanc Mons was also served on top of capon, or sometimes veal, as a garnish. Como even wrote instructions for how to do this in his recipe moreover in the 16th century blancmange was also used as a filling for pies torts and tarts according to a circa 1555 recipe by pierre sergent in the most excellent book of cookery from lyon france blancmange is to be placed in a crust well rolled out similarly italian chef bartolomo scapi included his recipe in 1570 for a white dish to be used to fill a tort or various pastries. This was a practice that lasted well into the late 17th century. Robert May included five recipes for his blancmange tarts in his book The Accomplice Cook from London in 1685. May even included images on directing how to shape the pies in elaborate forms. We'll find out how the Blancmange changes over the centuries after the break.
0: Hello, this is Art from A Cozy Christmas Podcast. We're the podcast that explores the coziest stories and memories of Christmas. Join me as I invite you to listen in as I read some of the classic stories of Christmas. Stories like The Gift of the Magi or A Christmas Carol, among many others you may not have heard of before. Sometimes I'll have a guest on and we'll talk about Christmas and the stories that matter to them, like the stories of their favorite Christmas memories and traditions. Sometimes I'm joined by my favorite co-host, my daughter Grace, and we'll talk about and try different Christmas foods, play games, or chat about our favorite Christmas movies and traditions. And also teddy bears. So come on in, make yourself at home, and enjoy all the cozy Christmas stories and more heard here at the Cozy Christmas Podcast. You can find out more at www.cozychristmaspodcast.com. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm a podcaster, a lifelong Christmas nerd, and a professional Santa. And I have a Christmas podcast called North Pole Radio. Each week I sit down with a fellow Christmas performer, a fellow Christmas podcaster, or just a fellow Christmas nerd, and talk about all things Christmas. There's a heavy focus on the art of portraying Santa, but we also cover Christmas movies, Christmas songs, Christmas food, and well, basically anything Christmas. So check out North Pole Radio wherever you download podcasts.
1: the 17th century, while some recipes for blancmange continued to be made in the traditional medieval way and even used in pies, innovations emerged which started to alter some aspects of the dish. For instance, some recipes suggest using gelling agents to thicken the blancmange, which was formerly achieved by the time-consuming task of continuously stirring it for hours while it cooked the innovation of using gelatin most definitely eliminated this laborious task in two circa 1651 recipes for white dish in francois pierre's la varenne's cookbook the french cook jelly is listed as an ingredient he doesn't specify the type of jelly to use but calf's feet jelly is a likely candidate In the late 17th century of john evelyn of surrey england hartshorn jelly is listed as an ingredient in his recipe for manger blanc hartshorn comes from the shavings of the horn of adult male deer at the end of this recipe evelyn wrote when it is cold it will cut fine to indicate the degree of which it should gel curiously Evelyn included two additional recipes for blanc Mons that were made without added gelatin, but were also meant to be stiff enough to serve like marmalade in slices, or to be sliced like jelly when you serve it up. The mixture of these recipes suggests that in Evelyn's era, added gelatin to blanc Mons was innovative, but not established enough to supersede the old ways. By the 18th century, gelling agents made from calves' feet, heart horn, and isinglass, which is gelatin produced collagen from the air bladders of fish, became standard ingredients in Blancmange recipes. However, by the 18th century, Blancmange recipes started to fundamentally change because proteins such as capon, veal, or fish were regularly excluded from the recipes. Similarly, ground almonds and almond milk were used less frequently in favor of cow's milk and cream. Additionally, in direct contrast to the original intention of the dish, color was regularly added to the 18th century blancmange. For example, yellow jaune blancmange made from egg yolk, saffron, and lemon peel and juice became popular. But blancmanges also started to be colored with red, made with cochineal, and green, made with spinach juice. The use of color opened up new possibilities for ways in which blancmange was presented. For example, Charlotte Mason suggested using white and yellow blancmanges to create mock poached eggs in her circa 1777 cookbook, The Lady's Assistant. In addition blancmange was also dyed and molded to mimic melons and oranges and was also ornately molded into colorful shapes and structures garnished with jelly jam marmalade fruit compotes plump raisins slivered almonds lemon peel or broken pieces of jelly an example of the way in which blancmange was used to make an impression occurred at a party given on June 29, 1770 by Sir Watkin Williams Wind at Wednesday, his country house near Wrexham, Wales. This event served 15,000 people and included an impressive and elaborate meal produced by three coaches full of cooks, including shapes and landscapes in jelly blanc-mange. By the 19th century, the idea of blancmange was far removed from what it originally meant to be. Its definition, that is still in effect today, is essentially changed to mean any milky or opaque molded gelatin. Universally, the use of gelling agents in blancmange became standard practice, especially with the development of commercial gelatin powders in addition while in some recipes the opacity was still achieved with the inclusion of some type of milk some achieved the opacity with starches such as arrowroot tapioca cornstarch or even farina items that become more readily available with the advent of industrialization during this era blanc manges were often flavored with chocolate wine and assorted fruits such as berries quince and citrus An 1824 Baltimore, Maryland Manuscript Receipt Book by Anne Maria Morris contains two blancmange recipes that illustrate these changes very well. One is for wine blancmange and the other is for lemon blancmange. Both of these recipes contain icing glass, water, sugar, egg yolks, lemon juice, and rind and wine in various proportions. They do not contain milk, almonds, or starch of any kind, but attain their opacity from the egg yolks. Moreover, in the 19th century, blancmanges continued to be shaped into elaborate and eye-catching forms. For example, they were molded in multicolored stripes or ribbons, in variegated harlequin patterns, and in even more unique and amusing ways. One such way is exemplified in John Farley's 1811 recipe in the London Art of Cookery and Domestic Housekeeper's Assistant for Gilded Fish in Jelly. In this showstopper of a recipe, fish are molded out of blancmange, gilded when solidified, then placed in a soup plate where they're covered with a clear gelatin to make them look as if they are swimming in a plate full of water. By the 20th century, preparation of a blancmange has gotten rather precise. In his book, Le Guide Culinaire, Auguste Escoffier describes a basic blanc manger that he terms à la Française to differentiate it from the English style. To prepare a French-style blanc manger, peel 500 grams of sweet almonds and four or five bitter almonds. Soak in fresh water to whiten the nuts. Pound as finely as possible, adding 8 deciliters of filtered water a spoonful at a time strain through a strong towel, twisting it tightly. Dissolve 200 grams of sugar cubes in the almond milk. There should be about seven deciliters. Add 30 grams of gelatin dissolved in a little warm syrup. Strain through a piece of muslin and flavor as you like. Mold using an oil funnel mold, proceed the same as preparing a moscovite. And if you want to know, a moscovite is a frozen ice cream dessert. Clearly, Blanc Mange changed over time from the white solidified mass of capon flesh, almond milk, rice, and sugar of the medieval days, to today's version of the dish, basically any type of molded opaque gelatin produced in a rainbow of colors. The desire to reduce the labor required to make the dish, technological innovations, and changes in expectations of how food should taste and look are all factors that contribute to Blanc Mange's transformation over the centuries. However you like it, this wonderful, soft, creamy dessert will bring you back to your childhood Christmas at the first bite. Thank you for listening to this serving of Season's Eatings. Seasons Eatings is available on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Google, Deezer, Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Please, if you can leave a review about the show so we can spread the Christmas cheer. And if you let me know you've left a review, I'll send you a Seasons Eating sticker as a personal thank you. Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email at Podcast at gmail.com to let me know how you like the show suggestions for future episodes, or just to say hi. I know we all get busy, so even sharing the podcast with someone you know who loves Christmas would be a great big help. And if you're feeling extra generous this season, you can buy me an eggnog. Head on over to seasonseatingspodcast.com and click on the little cup in the corner. Each small donation helps with the daily running of the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Seasons Eatings has great items for you or your loved ones for the holiday season. Head on over to SeasonsEatings.com, click on the merchandise tab, find your next great gift. Thank you for listening and tune in again for another serving of Seasons Eatings. Seasons Eatings is also part of the Christmas Podcast Network. Whatever interest you have with the holidays, there's probably a podcast out there covering that topic. You can find Seasons Eatings with all the other podcasts at christmaspodcasts.com. Drop on by to find your next podcast addiction. All music for Seasons Eatings is used under the Creative Commons license.